My name's Stephen Downey and you are very welcome to episode 28 of the Mindful Living Guide. In this week's episode I have the pleasure of speaking to Amanda Delaney, a business coach, mentor, TEDx speaker and the organiser of We Can and We Will. I recently talked at one of her events about compassion and I thought it was worth bringing Amanda on the show to chat about her own journey with compassion and it turned into a beautiful conversation and uh, we get very deep at times and we have a great laugh and I really hope you enjoy this episode. Amanda is an amazing person and has been inspirational in parts of my own journey and I really, really enjoyed this conversation. So sit back and enjoy this week's episode of The Mindful Living Guide. So you're very welcome to this week's episode of the Mindful Living Guide. As I was saying, I am joined by the amazing Amanda Delaney. Amanda is a business mentor, TEDx speaker, founder of We Can, We Will, and friend to many, including myself, and I'm very grateful for that. Uh, Over the last few years, uh, Amanda has helped many individuals who love what they do, but might struggle to make a profit from it. She works together to create clear tracks for each of the business uh, each of the business to decre- decrease overwhelm and increase confidence and profit. Amanda Delaney, thank you so much for joining us on the show. What a fabulous intro, Stephen. Thanks very much. Uh, delighted to be here. It's been a pleasure watching you grow your show and you know you're consistent in your marketing, your podcast and everything that you do. So delighted I- to be here. I really appreciate that. And something I didn't mention in the introduction as well is that I had the pleasure of uh, joining Amanda and a panel of experts on her uh, at her event there recently where we talked about compassion. And you may have caught last week's episode where we talked about compassion and the, the three steps to bring compassion into your life. Uh, so one of the real reasons I wanted to bring Amanda on the show was to talk more about the event and why compassion is so important to business people. So can we start by just talking about this amazing event that you had recently, Amanda? Uh, we Can and We Will Talk is an event I've been running for the last four years. Uh, I run it consistently every six weeks now online since the pandemic, which is phenomenal because we can reach people far and wide. Uh, I never usually give a topic. And this time, you know, when you're gut, I'm sure your listeners are familiar with the gut instinct, tuning in, listening to your gut. I'd had a, a personally challenging year this year where I'd taken time out to work on my own personal development, which was much needed. And what I found was compassion was something that really helped me get through. But what I was hearing from the business owners and the community that I, you know, I would lead and be a huge part of was that there was an awful lot of negativity around their self-talk around their business. Maybe they put on weight. Maybe, you know, their, 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 their circumstances at home have changed. I know in this house, we've now got two of us full-time at home working. So there's no breaks. So there was lots of different circumstances, whether it was relationships, weight, finances, business goals, stuff that maybe hadn't been met, um, you know, health-wise and all that, that maybe gone off track. And people were definitely lacking self-compassion and compassion for close relationships within their circle. 
And that was what I was hearing, Stephen. So for that reason, I, I, I listened in and I said, this time I'm going to do something different. I'm going to invite people who are experts in the field of compassion to maybe teach others or maybe even wake them up, I, you know, make them aware of their self-talk being so negative and teach them how to deal with that and maybe some tips on how to address that, whether it be with, with self or others. And to get through, you know, move forward, to move forward. And I think you, you hit the nail on the head by organising this because the feedback from the night was just phenomenal from everybody. And just, it wasn't even like um, there was a, a massive workshop, match of work. it was just showing people the mirror and saying, listen, this is this is how we speak to each other. This is how we speak to, sorry, should I say, this is how we speak to ourselves. And um, I think that, like, I, I found phenomenal that the, the impact that I had on, on people, I said, just, I never thought about that. I never thought about, geez, I am so hard. But every single person agreed about that little voice in their heads that when things go wrong, they can just be harder. And I, I think it's exactly what you said over the last year or so that because there's been so much change that people's standards have to change. They, ha- they can't be uh, performing at the same level and they can't expect to get the same results. So we need to li- bring that bit of compassion into our, into our life. And uh, so I think it's, and you, you've also, you, I know you mentioned yourself that over the last year, that compassion came very strong into your journey. And I know there was, there was a massive change uh, a few months ago. And I think there was, there was something, I think you, you said it's something that had a grip over you for the last 30 years that you were <laughs> able to, you were able to kick uh, and uh, amazing story. And I'm very, very proud to hear this as well. Can you tell us about that? Well, for 32 years, at least 15, if not 20 plus times a day, I would go to my pocket, my bag, my car, you know, wherever they were, I would put my hand on my cigarette and I would light up. Um, yes, okay, there was some of them that maybe I enjoyed them. And um, there was many others, I was subconsciously doing this habit. Uh, and there was plenty of guilt and shame and you know these were going against everything that my lifestyle stood for being a fitness instructor you know I'm mad into this life living this life and here I was yeah 15 to 20 plus times a day lighting up something that could potentially I know everything can kill you but potentially kill me and this year earlier this year I decided that I was at an event, a huge weekend event, and the speakers were talking about deep work and personal development. I said, cheapest, I barely scratched the surface here. I said, something's going to give this year in my, in my, I want to master this or something. I, I just got to shift. And I found myself then um, in March, burying my mom from the funeral then having COVID. We buried my mom because she couldn't breathe. Basically, she had no oxygen. She had emphysema and lung disease and heart stuff going on for many years. None of that over those years, Stephen, wanted me, you know, made me want to give up. I found myself through the personal development work I was doing, you know, since January, I decided, right, I'm going to work on myself deep here. I know mom's not going to last forever. I want to be in a good space when this is going to happen. So she passed. We got COVID. But there was other symptoms coming up for me. There was a strangulation around my neck, which I wasn't sure whether it was something I'd erupted doing the personal development work or what it was. There's a lot of health stuff going on. Then I started out of the blue, not being able to breathe at nighttime. Just at nighttime, I would sit down about eight o'clock in the evening and this, I couldn't breathe. I was going to the doctors, they were giving me inhalers and this fear 
took over me. What if you have to pick up the phone and tell your sisters and the people you care about that you now have emphysema, but we've just buried man from? The fear of the, I could visualize this phone call having to happen. I know from listening to another young woman in the shops, a manager in the shops where I used to go for my cigarettes, that she got this emphysema and that she stopped smoking, but she'd always have emphysema. That once you had it, it was for life, your lungs were damaged. And then I knew this has to happen. This, these have to go. I went and fear erupted. Oh my goodness, the stories in my mind, the, the self-talk, you're this, you're emotionally attached. The stories I told myself, this is going on since you're 14. This is all attached to your self-esteem. This is your, it was getting like a monster. I, I, but I knew they have to go. They have to go. So I'm dealing with doctors. I'm dealing with my mindset stuff. And I'm saying, no, they have to go. So I'm reaching out to other people for help, thinking, help me, help me, help me. I have to get if there's a trigger here, somebody help me, help me. Um, years ago, I'd have had hypnosis for this, and when I went to that guy, I started to have old patterns of behavior, low self esteem, suicidal thoughts. So I went to see this guy. This, this is four years on, and I've mm. made I'm making the decision, they're going. I go, I reach out to get help. I go for one, one meeting. We he didn't hypnotize me. Two weeks later, I'm having suicidal thoughts. That's how deep the fear was attached to me giving these up. And I said, I'm glad you didn't hypnotize me because I would have thought it was the hypnosis, but it's the deep embedded fear of me giving up this addiction. That's how deep it was. It's like, it's, like me, a clutch. Whoa, whoa, whoa. it's like a clutch that you have that you're just constantly going back to. And uh, that is unbelievable how deep it was. And you've obviously you've worked through that now. And it's, I'd say it's, a, it's an amazing feeling now to be, be on the other side of that then. And uh, to know we're so powerful, we are human beings are so powerful. Every Wednesday, I woke up crying, didn't know why, I just kept crying. Um, and then I, I went to see this guy again. I said, How can how fast can this happen? Because other stuff was coming up that I knew I dealt with. And I said, This is nonsense, my mind is playing tricks here. I need to quit. And on that weekend, I came across the audible Alan Carr book, which I literally read the book before. I went out for a walk. I put it on my head, and it. I knew it was. I knew the shift was coming. I knew when you decide to decide that it's done. It's done. When I did that, you, if you watch my TEDx talk, when I did it with the drink and when I did it with my weight, it was done like that. This time, it didn't happen the way that it wasn't pain free. It was months of tears and pain and kicking and screaming and fears and everything else. But the point I'm making is, you know. In all of that, I searched, I surrendered where I was. I had to accept where I was and I asked for wisdom. And when I seeked wisdom, I found compassion. I learned about compassion. And it wasn't until I started to have compassion for where I was and stop being in a hurry to fix it, stop wanting to fix how it was and just be kind and say, it will happen. You're beautiful the way you are. And if you, do, you know, I just, all that compassion came in. And that's why I was so, you know, it was quick then in the end. It was over Tuesday night at two in the box. The breathing thing had started again. This was a month later. And I said, I'm done. I'm not waiting till Friday. These have to go for my life. That was yeah. 10, 11 weeks ago. Wow. And I can just, I can just see like, it's, and there's so many traits from mindfulness that you're coming. It's actually coming true here that I'm seeing like the acceptance to be able to just sit with it. And uh, the compassion How side. Of just. <laughs> 
part was to accept. Yeah. Just just sit with with the uncomfortableness and and you mentioned there actually about your TEDx talk as well and um, I actually only looked over the weekend recently again um just in preparation for for Chantia and that was an incredible incredible journey and you're you're extremely honest about um about the journey that you've had from the the level of self doubt and self criticism that you had at the time and the work that you've done over there. Do you want to take us back to those journey to 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 maybe I don't know if you want to mention that 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 first house that you had and and those famous pots and pans uh, and what happened? Oh, if I can take you back, and I suppose you know, like one of my sisters said to me when I was this year when I was facing this, you know, to to becoming a non-smoker, she said this was actually your first crutch when you were really low. So that person who picked up the cigarette was only in their school uniform around the back of the lane, and that's. That was really my first memories of self-loading, no self-worth, not fitting in, not belonging, never knowing, you know, am I here? Should I be there? Who am I? And it was really painful time to for me to be to be living. And I was very young. So from the age of kind of, of 13, 14, I became aware of this deep sadness um crying for no reason mom asking what's wrong did something happen no just deep deep sadness and I think at that stage I began to bury and just um put emotions down like literally bury them never knew how I was feeling never looked to see how I was feeling and just completely ignored emotions I remember not knowing you know I was in I was in school I was quite intelligent as in I liked to get my work done but yeah, I was hanging around with bullies, okay, the cool kids. Yet my homework was always done <laughs> and my copies were neat and tidy. And I'd look over at the other girls, the good girls, and I just didn't know where I fit in. I knew I couldn't be over here being slagged, but I didn't like being over here either. And with the result at 14, I said, ma'am, I'm leaving. I'm giving up this school thing because I was in so much pain in there. So that's when I would have masked things with cigarettes, with bullying, you know, uh, with clothes, anything I could to fit in at that age. And then when I left school, of course, I got a full-time job. I got an apprenticeship, plenty of money in my pocket. Adult, child living now in an adult world, opened the doors to the pub, to the alcohol, to the adult world. But I was still a hurt child. So you imagine, I'm, I'm feeling emotional now, Stephen, you can imagine this child who's learned to numb emotions, who's learned to people please, to now sit in the pub and get absolutely hammered, to be in relationships that were absolutely no good for her, to wake up in, in, in places that she didn't even know where she was. She's a child trapped in an adult world smiling, laughing, laughing soul of the party, meeting up with men that were totally the wrong age. Like at the time when I look back at those relationships, lethal, lethal. Ended up going out with another guy who was an alcoholic trying to save him. I remember chasing him. Oh my goodness. Like when I look back, a nice guy, but so many problems. My friends used to say, Amanda, can you You not see? You wanted to help. I wanted to help everyone so I didn't have to look within. I ended up buying a house with him. Um, there was loads of fighting and everything going on. Eventually, we got the keys of the house 
the day we got the keys to the house, I went up that night. We had a huge row and I walked away from the house the next morning with my brand new pots and pans that I brought up the night before. Um, and I never looked back. I said, no, I can't stay here. Like, I can't stay here. And that's the, exactly a trait that when I when I look back at the talk and because I, I, I'm fanatical about public speaking, I absolutely adore it. And I love looking at teams going through stuff. And the team that I saw right there was that you took responsibility for your life. You made a decision there and then. And we all talk about white knights coming and saving us. And you do have a white knight in your life and the most amazing person. And I, a great friend of mine as well, your, your husband, Ian. And uh, what I think the white knight that came along was you, that it was you that came along and, and took responsibility from there. And, uh, and we've talked about the, the dark days and that, but let, let's talk about the, the differences, mate. Once you started taking that responsibility for yourself and, and the difference you've seen in, in you as a person uh, coming through it all. Yeah, you know, the, the, it's phenomenal. At that stage, I knew nothing about personal development back then. But over the years, um, over the years, I began, I heard about The Secret. And then I, I got involved in a different business that opened up the world to personal development and goal setting and all. A whole new world. And sometimes I forget. I forget the old world. I didn't know about anything about mindfulness or awareness or any of this language you know I was just living asleep should I say um but yeah it's, it's just brought a whole new world and now when I look back on times like that and I say take responsibility I I, I see how brave and courageous I was I didn't feel it at the time I just knew something had to shift and I'd say yes to opportunities and stuff and it was brave and it was courageous but it also comes with the downside Stephen which is um here you are doing all these wonderful things, but you're still a smoker. <laughs> so you haven't taken responsibility there. So who are you to be talking about responsibility? Because we do pinhole. We look for tiny things that aren't right. In our, and it's it's like I say, I work with a lot of coaches and leaders and, and everything else. And they sometimes procrastinate in their work they're doing because they feel like they have to have everything figured out. How dare they show up if there's anything wrong in their life? And if life has showed me anything and in the business I'm in, has showed me anything that you know done is better than perfect and taking those steps forward open tiny keys open big doors and Jerry Duffy says that but it's those tiny steps that you say yes to it's being open and vulnerable about your imperfections that helps people warm to you no not one of us on this planet is perfect and you know I've huge respect for someone who says well this is where I was and this is where I am right now and that shows the characteristics of a person. So I suppose my message is, if you are right now at the moment, honing in with your microscope on all your imperfections, I'm going to ask you, like we've spoke about here, is to take out the microscope or the, the huge, big feather duster of compassion. I'm handing it to you right now. And every time you look at your imperfections, I want you to love yourself even more. To say, I accept that I'm not perfect and I love myself anyway. Because then you can move forward. Then you can take the action without the criticism. Now I'm talking to myself here again. Yeah. And often that's that's what we do. When we're yeah. when we're tr- when we're trying to help other people, we we often find that inner voice is the voice that we wanted to hear ourselves. And um, I find by by helping other people, we can open our own doors as well. Sometimes, and there, there's a phrase um, I know a previous guest actually, Neil O'Connor, um, from season one actually was on, and 
she uh, I, I, I've done a lot of work with Nula as well and um, she does tapping and she has kind of um, affirmations as she says and it's like you would start on something say like you're, you're saying about that imperfection and it's like you, you talk about that but then you come into even though this blah 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 is yeah. happening I love myself even though and it's just it's just about accepting yes it is it's not all perfect but even though that happens uh, I've done that work it. with Denise Brannock and it's yeah. powerful it yeah. is powerful it's that yeah. acceptance yeah, yeah, just accepting that. And uh, we're, we're kind of briefly touching on some of the people that, that you've helped over the years. And I have to say, and I'm going to put my hands up always and say that one person that has helped me on my journey to be where I am is you, Amanda. And you gave me a great opportunity in 2018. We'd only met at a workshop and uh, I had this dream of talking. And I'm getting emotional actually here, actually saying to you, um, shows us bubbles up when we talk about these things but um i had this dream and i didn't know how like we i always talk about people they say oh this is where i want to be and it's, it's so far away it's so far away in my dream at the time to talk to tedx and that was so far away there's no way i would have got to tedx unless i had taken those steps that i had along the way and one of the major steps i took was actually standing up in front of people and telling my story and telling these people who we're all business leaders. And for me, I, I had everybody on this pedestal around me saying, yeah, Jesus, who am I to come and talk to and talk to you guys? Mm -hmm. And I realized that just sharing your story and allowing yourself to be vulnerable inspires so, so many people. And um, you've, you've, through your own network uh, of events that you've inspired so many people over the years just to be authentic in their business as well, that I, I, I find, I know you, you've had this experience in the past before as well, but we go to these, business works and it's all about your um it's all about your 60 second pitch and who are you and all this kind of thing and the bravado whereas i have always found from day one uh which we can we will that it's it's about the family it's about being honest and just saying oh this is where i am and uh, oh i do you know what i could help you and it's it's all this kind of beautiful network and um i know you you you're starting next week again you're I, and i've been on it before the five day uh challenge video challenge video yes it's, again I, it's telling. <laughs> it is and i would absolutely encourage if you're listening to this and you want to um you want to bring out the story in your business you want to just bring out that love and passion that you have for your business but you don't know where to start uh, I definitely would encourage you and I'm going to have all the details in the show notes how to connect to Amanda, but I would definitely, definitely encourage you to connect in with Amanda, have a chat uh, about joining this. It's a, it's a five day challenge where we do videos and we get out of our comfort zone. And it's actually, do you know what? Something I haven't talked to you about it is comfort zones. And um, I know you're, you're a big advocate of stepping outside that zone. And, but we often, when we talk about comfort zones, people think it's, like I said about TEDx, it's something miles away and it's way out of my comfort zone. But can we talk about just the comfort zones and those and incremental steps of getting out of comfort zones? Because some people think when they take on challenges like this, that it's 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 where you are on day five, not where you are on day one. And they, they think it's a oh, massive jump. You know, I, you know, what always amazes me, whether it's a video challenge or inside my business academy, what always amazes me is, that the tiny little steps that people take when I watch the growth and I put, you know, I, I, I'm teaching marketing and all of this. But the biggest thing I see is the growth. The biggest thing I see is the personal growth in people. Like on the five day video challenge, it is done in a safe space. You can only go live in the group if you want to. So your safe space can be a safe. You can keep your box 
as small or you can stretch it as big as you want to. And that's the beauty about comfort zones. I, you know, and especially when you're working with me, I'll never push someone off a cliff that's not ready. Do you know that kind of way? So there's gentle encouragement and push, but as well as that, a lot of people come in and they don't even have the skills. They're so afraid of video that they've not even taken the time to learn how to press the right buttons to do it. So there's people right there. That's that's the stretch is to press the go live button. For other people, it's to, you know, really work and develop their story techniques through the because I give them tasks. And for other people, it may be that they're ready to, oh my goodness, I'm going to go out live on my own page this time. That's why people come back to the video challenge because the comfort zone for them is stretched each time, whatever level they're ready to stretch at. And I think um, Moyer Garrity actually had a great uh, diagram back in, in the event recently, in the Compassion event, mm. about comfort zones and about, imagine one great way, and I hope she doesn't mind me repeating this, I think it's a great bit of advice, uh, that if you imagine your comfort zone as a little box around yourself and you're not trying to get outside your box to somewhere else, but just draw a slightly bigger box around yourself. And maybe there's a small little action that you can take. Maybe there's something tiny little action that you could take today just to stretch that box. And it says a, 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 boy, or a word that's just come over the conversation again and again is stretching. And uh, I know that you, you mentioned Jerry Duffy as well uh, earlier on in the conversation. And Jerry has a fantastic TEDx talk just about stretching, just about pushing yourself that extra bit uh, further and further and further and um amanda there's, there's a question that, that i ask everybody on the show and um i i wanted to ask you as well um from your perspective about um about i always talk about mindful living and it's not doesn't just encompass uh, encompass mindfulness it, it's there's so many different levels to just to live in your life in the most mindful way so when i say the phrase mindful living to you what does that mean in your world and on your journey I tell you, it's a great question because, you know, I, I, I've looked at this and certain situations. So when you look at someone, you wish that you could help them see and change. So for me, it's been awake, Stephen. It's been awake. It's actually seeing, oh, gosh, I have an issue here. I need to I need to help myself here. You know, I could, I could be better there. I need to find a way like what I did this year. Right. Um, it's the opposite of being asleep. It's the opposite of saying, I know there's an issue, but I'm just going to sit here angry and pissed off at the world and I'm going to stay bitter. And, you know, and, and that's hard. I'm watching somebody doing that at the moment. Yeah. And for me, mindful living is, oh, I see that that's not right. Uh, maybe I could look at a way of, of making that better. And it's, it's about forgiveness. Always had a huge forgiving heart. When I look at people who are holding on to stuff, it's like, I, I, I feel so sad. So for me, being mindful is being mindful of, yeah, I could be better there. Maybe I need to work on that, find a way, and letting go of what does not serve us anymore, whether that's forgiving ourselves or forgiving other people. Let go of the baggage that you're carrying around that is not serving I'm, I'm mad into me hiking now at the moment and there's no way up those mountains would I put stuff in my bag that I am not going to use on the mountain because I'm not carrying that weight I'm certainly not going to do that in my life that is an amazing analogy and you did actually I, I didn't mention actually you did a great uh, hike 
up to the Dublin mountains recently uh, in aid of Bardstown. Unfortunately, you, you got a surprise by behind two trees <laughs> at one point. You know that song, if you go down to the woods today, <laughs> beware people don't jump out of trees at you. Uh, for <laughs> anyone that's not aware, uh, myself and another great friend of mine, Sue Masterson, uh, were part of a group called uh, Mind, Body and Mountains. And we meet up every now and again. And it just so happened that the uh, trail that we were on crossed paths with the trail that Amanda was on. And uh, she herself and Sue decided to hide behind a tree and surprise them on, on their journey through. And uh, it was a beautiful day for it as well. The views around Dublin were just phenomenal. And But I could see that every person that I saw coming towards us in those blue T-shirts that day, they were smiling so brightly and they were just so happy to get out. And I just think your analogy you just said just now about not watch what you put in your bag because if I'm going up a mountain I don't want rocks in my bag it's it's amazing amazing way to explain it and I think that will probably hit home for a lot of people about what rocks are you carrying in your bag I am um, I remember and sorry I don't want to harm the point I, I, I a few years ago actually I did a, a, um, a workshop uh, over a retreat with um, Pat Dively in, in Galway and one of the exercises actually was go out to the sea and get a big rock, find some really nice rock. And I had a big, huge one. And the idea actually was that we'd write all those negative thoughts, all those negative things on it. So I call mine negative Nigel. And uh, it was a lot of weight to carry around, but I was very happy to throw it away back to the sea at the end of the weekend. And uh, listen, Amanda, I'm, go- I'm going to leave our conversation on that. If uh, people want to get in, uh, in touch with you, um, I'm going to have everything on the uh, on the show notes. But just just briefly, if the, uh, what's the best way to to connect with yourself? And if you want to join our video challenge or your video challenge, I say <laughs> next week as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, Facebook. Facebook is my office. Amanda Delaney. Uh, Google my business, you'll find me there. Mandadelaney.ie is the website, which I'm very proud to say. I stretched my comfort zone and I'm learning how to maintain it myself, which is great. Um, yeah, so Amanda Delaney, I'm sure Google yeah. will send you my Just way. I'm all over social media, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, so listen, Amanda, as always, I love chatting to you and I learn something new every single time. And that idea about asking you what rocks are you carrying up your mountain is uh, is going to be stuck with me for a very long time. And I really appreciate it. So, Mandalini, thank you so much for being a guest on the Mindful Living Guide and for being such an important part of my journey. Thank you. Thank you, Stephen. So there you have our conversation with Amanda and uh, I think she had some amazing advice. Um, I said it a few times there, but I have to repeat that. The advice about asking yourself, what rocks are you carrying in your rucksack? Uh, I think it's powerful and I think it's something that's going to stick with me for a long time. So if you want to get in contact with Amanda, I'm going to have all those details on the show notes. And it's all, as always, it's mindfulliving.guide and you'll see episode 28 up there as soon as this released uh so that's it for me for this week listen thank you so much uh for sharing the podcast it's great to see it um growing again since since we got back to to a season three and uh, that is testament to all the people that listen uh so i really really appreciate you taking the time to listen and if there is someone that you feel can benefit from the podcast please feel free to share and uh, hopefully it will help them uh, in their days so thank you as always i've been stephen downey and this is the Mindful Living Guide.